Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, on the phone, joining us now live, Dave Bielke, brought to you by Bielke Law Firm. Heard at work, Dave Bielke goes to work for you, taking care of your workers' comp injury claims and denials. Go to B-I-A-L-K-E-Law.com. Tell them Tom sent you. Mr. Bielke, how you doing? Very good. How about all of you? Magnificent, except for it was colder than a witch's tit this morning, as J.D. Salinger would say. It is uh, quite nippy. We, You know, it, it, it hits us hard, and, you know, Hopefully we're prepared for it. A lot of ice out there, a lot of ways to get uh, slip and fall down, so everyone be careful out there. Unless you're working, then go ahead and, and slip and fall down. Hey. <laughs> you can go ahead and get that done. Well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> uh, Dave, I have a question for you, because somebody, people are going to ask me about it, because you know, they know you're popping on the show now, and they talk about is there any idea the percentage of people, because they, they, their point to me was the percentage of people that get hurt at work is a lot higher than you would think it is, whether it's, you know, the, the fault of the, the job site or the coworkers or you yourself or whatever. I guess it does happen quite often. Is that true? It is. Uh, but I'll tell you, most injuries uh, don't have any litigation involved. With right, them. right. What, what happens is you get injured. Uh, you get some medical treatment. Uh, the insurance company pays you for, you know, if you're off work for two weeks or whatever it is, you go back working, you ultimately get uh, released without restrictions. That is a normal course of most injuries. Uh, so I get involved in the ones where uh, the insurance company says they think you should go back to work, but, you know, my client is saying, wait a minute, my doctor says I can't yet or I've got this restriction that the insurance company doesn't think is appropriate. That type of thing is or they deny some medical treatment. Uh, the the insurance companies, you know, from the time you get injured, they're figuring out how are they going to be able to get this file closed. And so, uh, usually it happens on its own. But you know, obviously there's many that don't, and that's when I get involved. Now people are also asking me, is this a long, drawn out process? Is it going to take a couple of years to get things done? It can be if it's a severe injury, yeah, or or if it's an injury that uh, simply is not going to heal to the point. Uh, that you can go back working. So, like for example, let's say you're a, uh, you're an electrician. You're working above your head all the time, and you get a shoulder injury. That's you know you get a surgery, but you're going to get a, uh, an ongoing restriction. So, uh, even though it's not necessarily severe injury, it's an injury significant enough that you're not going back to your what you did before, and then that can get drawn out you know, a year, maybe more. Usually not beyond a year, but uh, by that time we we have an idea where it's going, and we you know, come up with a plan. Is there kind of a typical, the only reason I'm asking you this is there's some video the other day. I was going to tell you, is there a, is there a leader in the, you know, workplace injury situation, slip and fall, that kind of thing? Is there something that does happen quite often at the workplace, uh, like more than other things that happen? Um, <laughs> 
haven't really thought about that. I'm just trying to think of overall what types of injuries uh, I get involved with. A lot of falls on, on ice yeah. when yeah. You, you fall down and either you, you hurt your back or you, you fell on your shoulder, you hurt your shoulder, or uh, sometimes even worse, you hit your head. Then you have a, a TBI, a traumatic right. brain injury. The, those can, the, the majority of them clear up quickly, but uh, they, many of them go on for a long time. And the problem uh, from the in- injured worker's perspective is after a while, the insurance company says there's no objective findings here, uh, meaning you, know, you can't do an MRI scan and see that you have a, a closed head injury. It goes by my client's testimony, what their doctors are believing. And so that's right for the insurance company saying we don't believe you. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Now, I made it very, very clear. You can just go to BIALKELaw.com uh, and uh, hook up uh, with Dave Bialke. It's not a big deal. I've known Dave for several years now, many, many years, actually. Um, you know, the, the, the one that keeps popping in my head, and I'm asking this because I'm wondering how it affects people like you who are out there defending those who actually do get hurt. There was a piece of video on the other night. It was on the national news, too, about this very thing. And there's a video of a guy pushing a grocery cart down the aisle. And all of a sudden, he stops and pours a bunch of liquid on the floor. And then he keeps moving, goes around. And about two minutes later, he comes back again. And what do you know? He slips and falls on the water that he put on the floor. (laughs) Do you see that once in a while, Dave? I mean, not you personally, but you see these... People trying to scam money, but which the only reason I'm bringing it up is it just pisses me off. You get hurt, and there's a bit of a question: Are you really hurt, or you're one of those other guys? You know, really, which people it, wouldn't do that. It, it, that, that is quite an, uh, an amazing example. I, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, that it's not workers' comp. You know, that would be someone's trying to sue the yes, the, yes. The, you know, so that would be outside of workers' comp. But the, but the example being, it was a manufactured injury, and. Uh, the guy's not too smart. He doesn't realize that these stores have cameras. <laughs> but but that, that, that being uh, said, uh, in workers' comp, you know, there's always someone out there that's doing something nefarious. It's, uh, you know, people are people, whether they're my clients or who they are, your friends of uh, people. You know, they're just certain types of people are always out uh, to scam a system. So the insurance companies think that that's you. Okay, and uh, the, it's it's a small percentage, but you know, nonetheless, they do exist. And the insurance companies, I always think right. that that's the person, you know. And I have had over the years, I have had a client, um, you know, more than once. I've been doing this for thirty-one years, so you get all types over, you know, the time frame. But I have had more than once where my client was was clearly, um, you know, through either surveillance or some other uh, source, were were proven to be fraud. Uh, but you know, if that was a, if that was common, if that was a lot of my clientele, I'd do something else because you know those right. claims obviously go south in a hurry. But it's a very small percentage. See, that's I'm I, really I'm really glad. You know, in five years, I can or excuse me, in in 31 years, I can count on one hand the amount of times that someone's actually been proven out to be a fraud. Yeah, they probably wouldn't go to you if they were going to do that kind of thing. They would. They, yeah, I, the only reason I even brought that up in the first place is the fact that. You know, if you are injured at, at, at work or, uh, you know, depending. And is there one kind of a job? Is, is construction, uh, is there one kind of a job that tends to have more injuries than others? Or is it pretty much oh, across the board? Uh, oh, no. it's uh, There's some types that have a very high, it's called an experience rating, which is what oh. the insurance companies look at when they assess your work comp rates. 
and the highest experience ratings are roofing contractors. Sure. Very high risk uh, uh, type of work. Uh, towing companies, that, that's one of the very highest out really? there. Really? Yes. Uh, towing companies, there's so many ways to get injured, all the way from, uh, you know, doing so, you're lifting or crawling underneath, you hurt your back or your shoulder, and to something catastrophic, like, you, you got the person not paying attention. They're driving down the road, and there's the tow truck out there. You know, we're doing his job, and then they swerve and they hit him, and there's oh, been sure. catastrophic injuries over the years. So, towing companies are amongst the the highest, and uh, there are other hard labor jobs like concrete construction, those type. Those are much uh, highest, all the way down to the the lowest experience ratings, which is like what I do. And the worst I get is, uh, you know, I could hurt my back, I suppose, picking up a file or yeah. a paper cut, maybe. I don't know. But uh, office jobs are are the, the least. Yeah, you rarely get that type of uh, injury. Okay, so good. I will wrap it up with this. Have you ever, and this is for everybody, not just Dave Bialke. It's for everyone. Have you ever heard of anyone hurt catastrophically while talking on the radio? <laughs> I just to think, and I no, I think they've heard a lot of listeners, but I, I don't think they've heard <laughs> the listeners are the ones that call you. I'm hurt. I was listening to Tom. <laughs> yeah, and then and then later it brings back PTSD when something happens. They remember that conversation they had. With them. <laughs> exactly right. Dave, thank you so much for your time. Great having you on again, sir. And we will talk to you soon. All right, you're welcome. Take care. Thanks very Bye. much, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Bialke joining us, brought uh, to you by Bialke Law Firm. Heard at work. Dave Bialke goes to work for you, taking care of your workers' comp injury claims and denials. Go to B-I-A-L-K-E-Law.com. Tell them that Tom sent you. Any you guys ever been hurt at work? Because I never have. Yeah, mm-hmm. but does the Army count? I feel like... And you insulting me doesn't count as being hurt at You're work so either. You see what I'm saying? Soft. You're such a babe. Sugar tit all the way. Is that what you're saying? Get you a bottle. Bottle of what? Mm, great question. <laughs> say it's five o'clock somewhere. What? No. What are you talking about? I've never been hurt to the point where I need to, like, oh, I might need to call a lawyer and yeah, like, sort this out. But I don't know, like minor stuff. And I'm the type of person where I'd be like, I'd have to like break my leg, be half dead before I was like, okay, That's, maybe we that, should. You know, I'm gonna talk to him about somebody. that next week. Remind me of that next week when we talk yeah. to Dave again because. Yeah, are there some people that go, oh, I'm not hurt, I'm too tough to be hurt? Yeah, that's, are there people like that too? you're young and you're dumb because if you don't oh. get paperwork on some of the stuff You know what, happens. speaking of being hurt at work, this hurts my feelings. <laughs> no, no because I just don't want, it's not about being tough, it's just about I don't want to go through the whole hassle of doing whatever is necessary to it's... potentially sue a, my company. No, so that's why... Bielke and people like that, you have to get that stuff documented because you have no idea the effects it's going to have long term. Like it's so important. I gotta, I gotta find that video for you guys because this guy that walks along and pours the water, or, mm-hmm. yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or some liquid. I don't know. It's probably something more like oil, so he could really slip on it or yeah. something like that. But he couldn't be more square in the picture, setting it up so he'll slip and fall. I mean. How do you not know there are cameras everywhere yeah. now? That's so it's, funny. It's like every once in a while you'll see the videos of people that work at a jewelry store or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. they'll have a paper bag over their head and they come back to rob it. And we don't have, <laughs> and they have their name tag yeah, still yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> now, hey, man, we can see your name tag. There are some dimwits out there committing yeah. crimes, aren't there? There sure is. <laughs> yes, there are. I, you know, i got to be honest with you. I grew up with a lot of criminals and, you know, all the rest of it. Most of them are really, really stupid. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. but they are. Yeah. And it's usually the their, like, lack of intelligence comes across with a more elaborate plan. Like, I'm going to crawl through the air duct, yeah, and, then oh, yeah. get, and then they get oh, stuck, and now the police are rescuing you. Yeah, or they fall ceiling. through the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen, because you see video of that, too, like surveillance video. All of a sudden, the, the ceiling just caves in, I the know. guy plummets. I think that's phenomenal. <laughs> Tom, I love it when you say that. It's like, are you too dumb to get a real job kind of vibe? I well, love it's, that. It's true, though. Yeah, How stupid are you? Go out and get a job, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Lazy and yeah. stupid, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, I would say it's probably more lazy because they want that instant gratification of, well, I could just go rob this bank and make $50,000, or I got to go work for $20 an hour, and it's, well, yeah, you're also going to go to prison. Yeah, and take it deep. So there you go. <laughs> what? How is it going to go that far? Well, that's yeah. true. You're wow. also going to be raped, so that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yes, you're going to be raped in prison, so think it over and get back to me. What a weird threat. Oh, oh what? Gosh. Unless it's consensual, I just, yeah. Have you guys seen, well, the, 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 have you seen uh, the other guys? Yes. yes. <laughs> the line at the end, I hope you like prison food. And penis. <laughs> Who said that? Uh, Rob Riggle and uh, I can't it's think so of his name. so funny. The other guy is so funny. Didn't the office have a line like that in the yes. show where he was like, "You're gonna love jail." Or yeah, something. you're gonna. It's Prison Mike. <laughs> prison Mike. Yeah, he's like, you would love prison it there. Prison Mike. The best part is, is so Prison Mike. He gets like too into his character because there's somebody in his work who had been to prison and was talking about how great it is, and they're like, "That's better than our work." So. He, you know, the Steve Carell decides to dress up as his character, Prison Mike. God, he's good. But he gets too into it, and he's like, Prison Mike, oh, I stole from every bank everywhere. And, like, he starts going on this, like, long rant about how he's, you know, this criminal. And he goes, and I never got caught, neither. And they go, aren't you called Prison Mike? Well, see, I never got caught, but I'm still <laughs> Prison Mike. Well, have you guys heard of the uh, the booty bandit? Or the booty warrior from back in the day. AJ, I don't know if there's any curse words in this, but you should find the audio. It's this guy, old black guy talking about prison, and he's like, you know, I find the one, I look at you, I want you, and I tell him we can do this the easy way or the hard oh. way. And they always choose the easy way or something. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so funny. But we might have to try to find is, the audio. Isn't that on... I don't want to. It's hilarious. You, so you they want all to just give up the funk, really? And that's what he's. That's give what he claims. He's like, I'm the. <laughs> I'll give it up. Oh, it's rough. Oh God, what are you gonna do? Stay in school, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Stay. <laughs> exactly. Stay, stay in school. In school kids. And get a real job. That's all we're saying. All right. What else is in the news? Anything any good? Yeah, we've got some good stories. Uh, I was ta when we were doing that interrupting game of Lyle Talk. Did you see this adv uh, advice that dentists want you to eat your Halloween candy in one sitting? Yeah, they they want you to sit down and eat it all in one sitting, exposing your teeth to the sugar all at once. Yeah. Yeah, imagine that. I wonder who makes more money if you just ruin your teeth. <laughs> no, instead of the law, they said that it's better for you. Really? If Unless you, like, uh, let's see, advice your kids that it's the best way to eat your candy in one sitting. 
She is a family, works in family dentistry. She gave this unexpected advice in an interview with her local news. Technically speaking, she said eating all your candy at once is better for your teeth than having a few pieces a day for the next few weeks. So if your kids ate their entire haul last night, they did right by her. It also sounds super painful because I saw we had a kid, kids show up at like 8.30 last night and I was like, take a bunch. And so they're like dumping them in their bag. There were these teenage girls and they're all excited. If they ate all their candy in one night, the pain that they will be feeling today is so real. Yeah, it might save your teeth long term, but your gut and your health, I feel, is going to not be that great yeah. in, in the immediate term. There's a lot of sugar. But it is funny how, like, specialized uh, medical will always just lean into their exact, like, there is no other part of your body. Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, for your teeth, this is the better route. And you're like, what about... Right. Your brain, your stomach, your, you know, digestive, like all these other things, they like get super hyper-focused on just teeth, mm -hmm. eat all your candy, eat 70,000 calories in candy tonight. One of the great moments from last night was we were taking the, uh, the grandkids around to yeah. treat with mom and dad, you know, the whole situation. Yeah. There was a group of about eight I would say 10, 11, 12-year-olds somewhere. Some were 10, some were 11, some 12. That'd be my guess. And there were all girls except for one guy. Mm -hmm. And the guy looked to be probably about 11, maybe 12 years old, something like that. Yeah. And they go around. So they were the last ones to come before we left to go trick-or-treating. So they trick-or-treated at Alex's house. And the guy goes last. And mm -hmm. all the girls are running to the next house. And he goes running after. He goes, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'll go dead last. I get a lot more candy than you do. <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny. Oh, because you're the last guy, you get more candy, I guess. No, it was great just uh, watching the joy. But there were not many people out trick-or-treating last night. We, we had a good amount. Did you, did you really? That's yeah, good. Yeah, our neighborhoods, a lot of kids are in our neighborhood. I think so. it was mm -hmm. too cold for some kids. Yeah, and we have like a little cul-de-sac, and all the whole cul-de-sac kind of steps it up. We're in between yeah. some full-size yeah. candy bar sitches. So, yeah, I think we get a little... I overbuy. It's funny because I overbuy with the small candy, but I think I would actually save money if I just bought full size and gave them one each. Cause normally what I do is especially at the end, I start like dumping things in their mm -hmm. basket. Um, but it's so fun. Yeah. It's like my favorite. It's phenomenal. Candle. It's the best. Look, I mean, that's the one thing. Yes, it's cold out. Cold is a witch's tit. I understand that again, but you got a, you got a deal now with, within a 62 day period, something like 61, 62 day period. You got, uh, Halloween, then you got Thanksgiving, then you got whatever holiday you, you celebrate, whether it's Christmas or Ramadan or yeah. whatever mm -hmm. the hell it is. Uh, we all celebrate that. It's just a, it's a great next two months, a lot of celebration, a lot of spending time with the family. You guys love to spend time with your family as much as I do. Yeah, and it was funny, so I was sitting, ne I was sitting next to um, a girl in class yesterday, and she has a kiddo who's one month younger than Go-Go. And I oh, was like, okay. I was like, what are you dressing up as? And she said, we don't celebrate Halloween. And I, I, you know, she immediately goes, what are you dressing Go-Go up as? So it was just kind of like one of those instances where, you know, everyone's like, well, you can't if people aren't. She didn't care that she didn't celebrate right. Halloween. She Why was, don't they? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even ask. I wasn't going to make it. Why the, wouldn't you? Yeah, I know. But like either way. If like, no, no. I was trying We're to, having fun. I was trying to make a positive about like the experience. Like if she told me a holiday I didn't celebrate, 
it wouldn't be like, oh, why don't you or whatever. I would ask her about hers. And so she right. was really sweet back because I was like, oh, yeah, like I kind of forget that like some people just don't so, like, okay. Right. And rather than her being, you celebrate Halloween, yeah. she's just like, oh, no, what is your, because yeah. you're clearly excited about it. So yeah. I'm going to indulge the conversation yeah. with you. Why wouldn't you celebrate Halloween, though? Why? I mean, I don't celebrate Halloween. Like, if my well, you kids. You did when you were a kid. Well, yeah, but as an adult, if I had a kid, I don't. I mean, if my wife wanted to celebrate Halloween, sure, but I'm gonna have a life. Well, I mean, I can dream, and (laughs) I can dream. I can daydream about it. (laughs) My imaginary, my fictitious wife, if she wanted to celebrate Halloween with a kid, I'd be like, okay, sure. But if she was indifferent, I'd be like, yeah, we could just stay in the house. Why don't you want your child to feel the joy that you felt at Halloween? Because it might, it wasn't a monumental, joyous occurrence. Really? Like, yeah, oh, like, it was for even us, though we man. celebrated Halloween and it was oh, fun, it was just like, eh, whatever. God, I just didn't get into it. Magnificent. Yeah. You know, I, I seriously, I loved Halloween. I loved that whole, like I said, two that two month run that begins with Halloween and ends with with New Year's Day. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like my big is Christmas. Like if my kid doesn't oh. want to go all out for Christmas, adoption. Like you get you got to try go. again. Yeah, but you gotta go. Yeah, I agree. But Halloween, eh. I got a problem with that. You guys are just monsters. What are you talking about? Well, Tevin's a monster. He Acting is a monster, like he didn't so. have fun. You just don't. No, remember. I'm saying I did have fun at Halloween, but it wasn't something where I was like, I need to do this every day or every year for the rest of my life. It was like, okay, it is. It was Halloween as fun as a kid. I'm over it. Get your mom on the phone. I don't believe you. I bet you as a kid either. you were loving it. Oh, we'll call Jenny right now, and she will say, yeah, yeah we sat Jenny in the house the and ate pizza and. I love that song. Um, no, I don't know. Like I said, I just, I, I enjoy that stuff so much. Just watching the kids be so happy running around and yeah. all mm-hmm. the, you know, and, and I love all the lights cause here comes Christmas right after a uh, Halloween. Now, as soon as that Halloween uh, decoration comes down, they put up the Christmas deal and it's just a great time of the year because the weather sucks. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. The mm-hmm. weather in late October, November, December absolutely sucks. It sucks. You've got to look forward to these things. There's yeah, nothing better than a kid running up to your doorstep and going, I'm a shark. Like, it's just cute. It's just freaking cute, okay? Like, I'm a shark. Yes, you are. Oh, shark, don't bite me. Oh, give him candy. Oh, okay. okay. I'm going to, I'm going to. Reveal to you how immature I really am. Yeah, of course. Because Sage, he went as a monkey holding up a banana. It's a clutch that the banana mm-hmm. part was clutch. The banana part was a huge part of it. But as he's walking along, I'm watching him walk, and the monkey has a little tail. It's about that long. Yeah. Looked just like a turd. Yeah. <laughs> it was brown. Just hanging out. <laughs> it's just a turd hanging out of his monkey butt. That's what it looked like. Well, Gogo ended up being a golden retriever Aww. holding a real banana Aww. because she was death gripping to one. And also, she doesn't eat candy yet. Mm-hmm. So I would give the neighbors a banana to give her because, like, that's her favorite food right sure. now. So I was laughing. Every time I saw her, I was like, it reminds me of Sage, but she just happens to be a golden retriever holding a banana. And I'm sure other kids passing her were like, we have to make sure we skip the banana house. We, we don't want <laughs> totally. we don't want I to know. My neighbor, my neighbor Bailey was like, ew, who gave her a banana? I was like, oh, no, no, we, it was her. I was like, she was like, ugh, that's disgusting. I was like, I know. AJ, if you can very quickly in the next 60 seconds find the Monster Mash, I just want to hear a few seconds, just reminding me 
that Halloween will be back again next year, even though people like Tevin are trying to ruin it. Tevin's trying to yes, ruin it. I have a Halloween. campaign started. It's true. He's trying to ruin oh, Halloween. You're going to say happy holiday instead of happy Halloween? I would like you to say happy. I don't know. I don't Tuesday? have anything off the top of my head, but yeah, not Halloween is offensive to me. It's very triggering. Oh God, get out! <laughs> get out of the building. This is Tevin's true colors. This is not the office. Get... Oh, here we go. My eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, but to my surprise, surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. You don't even know this song? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love this song. And remember at the very end, the guy has an accent. He goes, whatever happened to the Transylvania twist? <laughs> They're like, coming this fall. I love that song. Thank you for playing that. It cheered me right up. Hey, boo-boo, Tevin. Speaking of cheering us up, we got to take a break. Be right back. Dan Cummins is going to join us. Dan just released his fourth stand-up special, Dan Cummins, Trying to Get Better. Dan will join us right after this. Tom here, and I just read a success story from MN Fat Loss client Elizabeth, who just completed the program. Good for you, Elizabeth. Elizabeth writes, I'm a 54-year-old woman who has struggled with losing weight. I had almost constant heartburn, trouble sleeping, brain fog. I tried counting calories, eating bars and shakes, and several other programs in which I would lose 5 to 10 pounds after months of struggling, only to gain it right back. After 60 days of the MN Fat Loss program, I was down 25 pounds. MN Fat Loss had really empowered me to believe that I can control my eating and my weight without having to sacrifice foods that I like. Let me assure you that the short 60 days is totally worth it. If you're thinking about finally committing to improving your health, this is the time to start. You will not regret your investment in yourself. And as I said, uh, we're going to get back to Elizabeth in a second here, but I'm going to take uh, about a 60-day uh, break and try to keep my weight just even because I think maintaining the, your current weight and learning how to do that is very, very important. Then once I've gone through that six, right after the first of the year, I am going to jump on and get down to 215 pounds, which is the lightest I've been since I was in high school. So I'm really looking forward to that part of MN Fat Loss. Great job, Elizabeth. I'm so happy to hear about your success. Are you ready to lose weight and feel better? Go to mnfatloss.com, schedule a free phone consultation. It's so easy to see if MN Fat Loss is a good fit for you. They offer a free phone consultation to learn about the program. You don't have to take time off of work or get a babysitter for the kids. It's as easy as getting on a quick call with the expert staff. You can share your goals, learn about the program, and see if it is a good fit to help you lose weight and feel better. They also have virtual options to help you if you live far away. That's really smart. To schedule that free phone consultation, go to mnfatloss.com. The only thing you have to lose is that unwanted weight. That's mnfatloss.com. I cannot wait to hear about your success story. Let them know Tom sent you. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. 
and tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split-second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years, but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now, stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. The new Tom Bernard Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have Dan on the line yet, but we're working on it. He should be calling in soon. Brittany. Who are you talking to like in that voice? I don't know. This is my sexy voice. Is it? Oh, God. All right, so it's November 1st, says everybody, including calendars. And oh, we, thanks who, for that breaking, that breaking news, Brittany, is November beep, beep, 1st. Beep, 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 beep. Well, we've got five things to look forward to in, in November. I would say we have seven and maybe eight if you count Tom's birthday twice. But it's also Justin and Tom's birthday in November and Ethan's. But one good thing, people usually like this, daylight saving time ends on Sunday. <laughs> So we're going to gain an hour of sleep. And potentially this could be our last daylight savings fiasco. Really? I believe so. Isn't Minnesota close to that's the big push we're having is to go to just one no more daylight savings time thing? That would be amazing. Did daylight savings time end like two months ago? No, it happens in November. We fall back now. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to switch over but it never actually got so approved it over in october before didn't it it's i mean i i can't remember if it did in the past but it's this sunday that we do the, the, really yeah yeah and so it'll be even darker earlier perfect i hate it because my dog starts screaming for food at five go go is going to be all over the place for wake up and sleep like it's i hate daylight savings like it's so annoying 
<clears throat> I always hated it working in the service industry when people would be like, well, we get an extra hour of drinking at the bar now. No, sir. Well, I'm sir, going home. I still need like an allotted amount of sleep in yeah. my life. You a-hole. But I have a question. Yeah. You don't leave earlier. You go to the bar later. Like you're not, if, if you fall back, you're not going to go to the bar at four in the afternoon. No, if you, so I'm saying on the day of, if you get to the bar at, eight o'clock and now at two o'clock when it's supposed to go home time well really it's daylight savings so now it's one o'clock instead of two o'clock so they think oh i get to yeah, stay you, you, an extra hour but you wouldn't you go later because it was later in the very beginning of your visit to the bar oh like you would make up you would plan for that extra hour kind I mean, of vibe i don't care if the if it's daylight savings time or not if i go to the bar at seven i'm going at seven yeah. Right. But at, if you're leaving at bar close and it's at two o'clock, but then when the time switches, you really you look at your phone and it's one oh, o'clock. Oh, you mean because it does closing. switch at two o'clock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. My personal hell would be if somebody made me stay at a bar till 2 a.m. Oh, I would hate oh, it. It's the worst. <laughs> I would hate that. Here, like, no, I remember no a time being like, oh my God, it's bar close. Oh my God, I can't believe we have to leave already. And now, like, the idea. Of it getting close to midnight and me still not being home would be hell. All right, uh, can we bring in Dan Cummins because he's an expert at this? Yeah. Uh, Dan, I'm trying to figure out: Am I working with three booze hounds, or, or what do you think? <laughs> now I, I got to get the uh, story on these booze hounds. Uh, how, what, what have they been doing? Well, they've been talking about daylight savings time, and see, here, here's what I, I said. I don't care if it's daylight savings time or it's regular time, whatever. If I'm going to the bar, I go at 7 o'clock. I'm not a drinker or any of that kind of stuff. But yeah. So whether it's daylight savings time or not, I would go at 7 and i go home. But then Tevin brought up the fact that the time switches at 2 in the morning. So if you're right. in a bar at 2 in the morning, it goes back to 1, you can just stay in the bar. No, but that's what people oh, you think. Can't. They, oh, no, you can't. they go. Okay. So people will, at they the end of the right. night, they try to <clears throat> convince you to let them keep drinking for another hour because it's technically 1 o'clock. But it, whatever. They, I, I can see that argument. Yeah. I, I can see that angle they're trying to work. Okay. It feels, like, it feels like that's one day a year where, you know, you should get to go for another hour. <laughs> when you have to do, uh, like, a radio podcast morning show tour, Dan, do you the night before drink heavily because you have to put up with announcers? <laughs> no. You know, you know what it's interesting about, like, a radio tour? It, it, it's going from one energy to the next. It's yeah. kind of fascinating, actually. Yep. You know, like, uh, yep, yeah, you just kind of, like, doing these quick little mental adjustments. It's kind of fun. No, I can understand that. Dan just released his fourth stand-up special, Dan Cummings, trying to get better, which has already gotten over 300,000 views within the first week on YouTube. The special was filmed at uh, Parkway in Minneapolis. I love the Parkway, Dan. Love it. Yeah, you know, and, and they really um, dolled it up for the special, too. You know, they built this new green room. They finished it, like, days before we shot. And, uh, you know, with the added lighting and stuff, I mean, it was already a cool-looking space. And they made it look beautiful for the shoot. So I was uh, really happy. See, I think that's fantastic. I, it's, it's such a, there was a, for years and years and years, there was a Mexican restaurant right next door that owned by the same family, as a matter of fact. So it was just this great huh. celebration of going to see the family and saying hello to all your friends, Joe and everybody over there. And then you go to the parkway next. It, what a great setup. Yeah, you know, I mean, in Minneapolis, you guys, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great city for, you know, uh, events like that. There are so many good venues across Minneapolis. It's such an mm -hmm. artistic city. No quite. No, where'd you grow up, Dan? I did not grow up uh, in an artistic hotspot at all. I grew up in uh, Riggins, Idaho. It's uh, central Idaho. It's about 400 people. And not only did we not have theaters, you had to drive an hour just to see a, a stoplight. 
Would people laugh at your jokes, though, since there were only 400 of them? <laughs> no, you know, I was a, the goofball in class, but I wasn't competing with a lot of kids. You know, I, I graduated with 23 kids, so, mm-hmm. you know, it was a good confidence booster. I, was, I wasn't going up against hundreds of other kids to be the funny one. How, did you know, do you remember at which age you said, you know what, I think I want to do stand-up comedy. How, how old were you when it first struck you? You, you know, I, I knew I could make people laugh, but I didn't think about it, actually, as a kid. Oh, okay. You know, I watched Saturday Night Live, like a lot of kids, but no, it was a, a complete whim after college where I didn't even know there was a comedy club in uh, Spokane where I was living. And then my fiance at the time, she was like, hey, uh, you should go try this open mic. I think you might like it. I didn't even know that open mics were a thing. So I was, you know, 23 years old and just completely came at it from a, eh, why not? But yeah, I hadn't been thinking about it or anything. Yeah, no question yeah. about it. Now, you're kind of, you know, because I'm, I've been lifelong friends with people like Nick Swartzen and, you know, people like that. And then you, yeah. came, you came along and ruined it by being a nice guy and having a good attitude. What the hell, Dan? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, like, weird um, <laughs> egos in stand-up. You know, I, I, no. I, I, do, I do like a lot of stand-ups, but I, most of my friends have nothing to do with stand-up comedy. Really? And I prefer it that way. No, I could. I, I, it all, it's all personal. You'll see it. Like, I, I, unfortunately for me, Dan, and I'm going to only spend about 10 seconds on this because it's sad, but we lost so many great people during the pandemic. It was just like, my God, it's so great. Dan, I'm telling you, and I'm being very serious about this, to have you yeah. guys back out on the road now and we can go see you. It's because I've been a, a huge fan of comedy my entire 53 year career on podcasting and morning shows and radio and all that stuff. It's just so great to have you yeah. people back on the road, man. Yeah, I think it's needed, especially right now, you yep. know, where um, the country's pretty polarized. And, you know, thanks to this next generation of the, the Internet that we're in right now, uh, people get stuck in these little echo chambers of a lot of just anger and fear. I think it's really important to have a release. You know, it's like and that's what comedy's always been, going back to, like, the court jester, is just giving people a release from <laughs> the tragedy of the rest of, of life. So I'm glad it's back, too. It's needed. Dan, there's no question about it, and I'll be very honest with you. I went through a kind of a rough period, have, you know, very poor family and, you know, a lot of bad stuff going on, all the rest of it. If it weren't for Richard yeah. Pryor, I don't know if I would have gotten through that. It, because Richard Pryor made me laugh every day, it got me through the tough times. You guys do a very important job. I hope you know that. You know, I, I, I'm very fortunate to get, like, feedback from fans and stuff. You know, for me, it's actually more on the podcast side, probably just because it's, you know, something new every week. Mm-hmm. But the, the emails we get, it took me a while to really kind of understand that. But the emails of, like, hey, you know, basically, like, my life has been terrible. Thanks for giving me something to look forward to where I can take my mind off things and just laugh each week. And it, that really, you know, started to make me realize how important this kind of stuff is when you're in a dark spot. And, you know, like for you, Richard Pryor, just to be like, oh, okay, he's he's making light of tragedy. He's okay. I'm going to be okay. Yep. Yeah, it's very important. No, and I think that's exactly the point. You just made the exact point is, hey, if this guy's okay, I, I guess if I laugh, I can be okay, too. I think that's a very important point to make because that is the kind of influence it had on me, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, and as I got into that stuff, you know, when I was confused in my early 20s about what I wanted to do and just – uh angry about different things in society. You know, for me, it was like Bill Hicks and Doug Stanhope sure. and different people and, you know, listening to their stuff, you know, just made me laugh and think. And also, I think maybe more important, just not feel alone. Just to know that there is somebody else there who thinks the same things yep. are ridiculous that I think are 
ridiculous. Is it tougher now, Dan, to do stand-up comedy, live stand-up comedy, or people as... To me, it's much better, because I laugh even louder than I did before, so I'm just grateful to have you guys back, you men and women back. Yeah. But are, are crowds tougher now? Because, uh, you know, obviously with social media and all the rest of it, it's like, oh, my God, I'm so offended by everything everyone says. Calm down. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it is tougher to talk about certain things. You know, it's, it's like um, people just have these knee-jerk emotional reactions because they've been conditioned to think that that's something you're not supposed to talk about. That's something that's going to offend a lot of people or, or you know, they've been taught that that's offensive now. And uh, that is frustrating. But then, it's, you know, it's all the more reason to kind of talk about those things and to call audiences out on that and be like, what are you doing? You know, why are you so emotionally invested in this right now? Like, what are you even upset about? Do you know? You know, it's like... We've we got to laugh about these things. Well, we got to laugh. I mean, just about these things and about pretty much everything. Enjoy your life. Once again, you got a family. I don't care if it's mom and dad or brothers, sisters, a wife, yeah. a husband, kids, whatever. you got to laugh. you got to get out and enjoy the family. You focus on this. Man, I'll tell you what. If you watch the national news, and I don't care if you watch it on CNN or Fox, boy, you're going to feel... It's very depressing. Oh, it's just... Really, no matter which take you get, it's just, oh, my God, is this depressing. I need to laugh, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, people forget that, you know, with news, it's, if it bleeds, it leads. They're going yep. to show you the worst. They're going to exaggerate, but that's not how life is. And, you know, I love history, and, and one of the main things about studying history that I think is so important is you realize that is, with all the problems we have today, in spite of them, life is still the best it's ever been. It's like the sky yeah. is not falling. It's actually much better than it used to be. You dig into history and, you know, looking into how people's rights have been trampled. And, you know, you go back further in medieval England and stuff, and, you know, it was regular common things to have people tortured and burned alive. It's like things are better. Things are actually a lot better. we got AC. we got hot showers. we got microwaves to make tasty snacks. It's like you're okay. You're okay. But then I still love to torture people. Is that okay? <laughs> I love to think about torturing some people, for sure. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So tell me about trying to get better. What are, you, what are you trying to... Are you trying to make the world better? Are you trying to get better? Who's who's getting better? You know, that was just a line from one of the bits. It's just kind of like a theme I've had with the albums. But it is, a, But it also resonated in the sense of overall in the special. It's like, I do think the point of life as you're going through it is to try and improve as you go. And, you know, learn to be a little more empathetic, you know, learn to be a little bit more tolerant and, you know, just uh, evolve. And that was something I was just thinking about that time where with all the polarization, you know, going on, it's, there was this weird mentality with some people that, you know, if you have an opinion three years ago and then you change now, like, you're weak. It's like, no, changing your opinion is not weak. <laughs> it's a sign of progress. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with you on that one. When are you coming to town again? You know, I don't know. I'm taking... Uh, I just kind of paused my tour for next year, and I'm going to push it. I'm, I'm taking a year off. I've been working the road every year okay. other than one year during the pandemic for a long time and then doing the podcast. I've been super busy. And so next year I'm just trying to get a little more balance, stay home with the fam, yeah. and kind of recharge and, and get some new stories to tell when I do go back out. Well, I can't wait to see you live again. It would be great to have you back in town. you got to come in the studio when, you, when you're in town, Dan. It would be great to see you in person. Yeah, it's been too long. It's been too long. I uh, remember being in there with uh, David Crow and you and John Evans many years ago. And yeah. yeah, I would love to. 
Well, come back, Dan. Thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. Dan Cummings is trying to get better. Already gotten over 300,000 views within the first week on YouTube. Thanks a lot, pal. Um, is there an indication, because I knew he had to go, but I just instinctively knew it. I, I didn't know for sure he had to go. But when they disconnect immediately like that, it was like, did I run too long? Do you no, think? I think you went right up to the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. They have, yeah. like, very strict times, and so, like, well, you kind of nailed here, it. Though. Oh, no, I just mean, like, um, arts people usually have, like, uh... Yeah, he usually does, like, 10-minute blocks, but Dan called in four minutes early, so I don't know what his schedule... Yeah. They might have been running like, a little bit early, I'm not exactly sure, but yeah. no, he, he... I mean, it works for me, don't get me wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to make sure that I get him out on time. You nailed it. Yeah, no, it was good. Ah, man, we do need comedy again, though, I'll tell you what. Jesus. Right? Yep. Uh, you think anybody go on tour, like fly over to the Middle East and just walk out on stage. Uh, I mean, they do the USO tours. Yeah. There's, I used to work with um, Jimmy Kimmel's little sister, Jill, and she would go on those tours all the time with a group of her friends. Oh, and really? she would all She was like, oh, I had a blast over there. But she's like, it's dangerous because you hear, like, bombs and stuff going off in the it's background sometimes. Fine. But, like, yeah, it's fine. It's not the greatest. You can walk out and get out of the packed house. You go, okay, which side is the Jews and which side is the Arabs? I just want to make sure. Just want right. to clear this up. <laughs> it's like you're doing a comedy show in prison. We would get. Oh God, that happens. When any a, a time a comedian, well, first off, they'd come to bases that were really safe, like in Kuwait. Oh we'd yeah. Fine. Yeah. We used to have comedians come in, and it was everyone showed up, like you, because there was just yeah. nothing going on. So it was pretty exciting when a comedian would come in, and there was um, one God, what is his name? They used to call him like Fluffy. Or, oh, Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And he came in, he goes, you know what? I feel like the Middle East has just a really bad marketing problem. I agree. Because I'm telling you, there is so much beach here. There is constant beach. <laughs> if you think about it, you could put your chair anywhere. Like, yeah, maybe not the ocean, but like a lot of beach. And we were laughing so hard. Like, it, it was always fun when they would come. Would they pander to kind of you guys and do a lot of Middle East army humor or would they still try and do like their normal set? They would do like their kind of their normal set. They would make jokes about the situation that mm -hmm. we love. They'd be like, you guys think this is good food? You've been eating this for a year. You know, like <laughs> yeah. they would hit up things. Um, you know, like the last, I don't think we want to sit and hear about how like, oh, thank you so much for serving. So there's usually just like a quick thank you for serving kind of yep. vibe. But then the rest is like, we just want to laugh and we just want to like right. forget about what's going on right now. And it was always so, it was so appreciative of the comedians that would come over. We had like the Reno 911 group come in and mm -hmm. that was crazy hilarious. Were there any that were bad? Yeah. Name them. I don't, because I barely even remember the big names. <laughs> That's yeah. real nice. No, but there wasn't, there were never That's any like, nice. oh, they get booed off stage or no, because, like, come over and do a bunch of yeah, political. In, entertainment is that bleak that like mm -hmm. will take anything. Yeah. But there were ones where we're like, I didn't laugh the whole time, but it was so much better than just sitting in your tent. So you're yeah. just kind of happy and like, <laughs> you know, go out and hang out with a bunch of your friends. And like, even if it's bad, you're just like, well, and they also like think about how long they flew to come entertain us. Like, yeah, that's so, true. but I don't, I would, I would say their names. I don't care, but like, I couldn't even remember the big name guy. So like, yeah. Was that all inspired by Bob Hope? Do you think? Because he, he did all those world tours for the troops and all that. Yeah, I think he set the tone for that, mm -hmm. for kinda sure. kind of seems like it. Absolutely. I, I, I never saw his stand-up. I wonder if his stand-up was funny. 
I'm going to go with probably not that funny yeah. just yeah. because he's more known for not doing stand-up. Yeah. You That's I mean? true. That is true. We had um, the Viking cheerleaders come, and it was like what? Like to uh, uh, when we were in Kuwait. The Viking cheerleaders came to Kuwait? Yeah, like five of them Jesus. or something. Was it? Did you ever have, because Fox will ha- send their um, pregame show out there all the time? No. Did we, you ever have anything like that? No, we had Geraldo Rivera came in and did a, show, uh, a segment from um, the base I was at, and I, it's the one that I was in the background with a f- mustache, and he made me go on camera with him because I had a big fake mustache there. Um, that was wild. But, like, the cheerleader one was weird because, like, they just seemed so out of place because we're all wearing the same uniform. Mm-hmm. And then they show up and like, you, yeah, like a cheerleader in a cheerleader environment, you go, yeah. But it just seems so insane. Like, yeah. it was like, what are you? And I, I love them. Give me a them. W. They were, they give were, me right. A, give me yeah. an R. Yeah. What's yeah. the spell? War. They they all like, school I clap. had a girl sit next to me <laughs> and I felt so bad for her because I was like, you, I'm not, you're like, you don't have to, we don't have to talk. Like, I don't know what to talk to you about. Like, yeah. Um, you know, like, there are guys here that will die for your photo, but, like, they were like, yeah, and what do you do? And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. We don't, right now we have nothing in common. Like, yeah, I can't, yeah. pretend, right. like, you have fake lashes on right now in 102 degree weather in Kuwait. Like, I, I just, I feel like you're, I feel bad for you. Yeah. And I know you feel bad for me because I look like this unibrow and, like, I have got, like, a little bit of mustache coming in and I'm a wreck of a human and, like, split ends. <laughs> But I feel bad for you, and you feel bad for me. This is not friendship make, you know? hmm God. Is it easy to laugh in Kuwait? Oh, I mean, we laughed about everything. Like, the things that I, I, I could never joke about, we joked about there because it was so... Well, yeah, you're seeing the worst of humanity, <laughs> yeah. so you'll joke about anything you're you can. joking about bombs being put into goats because you're like, oh, I hope that goat's a real goat, you oh know, like when you're driving God. by. Because yeah. it's terrible because you're in that environment and you're, first off, I'm a medic, so you joke about everything. And, like, all of a sudden, I mean, there's things now I would cry over that we would joke over there because that was just life. That was, like, what you saw every day. You know, IEDs were constant, so you're like, all right. I hope that's a real goat. Like that's like a light version of the jokes we would make because you just are surviving and you, you're everything is so you're, it's like the mundane things is now what the crazy is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's Kuwait the people sitting in the audience go, tell more Jew jokes. Not, no, because you have to keep in mind when you're on they a... They took that seriously. <laughs> no, she actually like, took that seriously. No, but I wanted to make, I want to make it clear to you that like when you're on a base, you don't get to experience oh, no, the know. culture. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, like it's funny because I don't even know if there's, like, I we went to the actual city, Kuwait City once. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I was like, too rich for my blood. Like, couldn't go to the yacht mall. Um, A lot of oil in Kuwait. Yeah, it was like the richest of rich vibe. Like, this mall, literally, you can only pull up to this mall with your yacht because there's, like, no front entrance. It's yacht entrance only. So I was like, yeah, Kuwait is... A very rich city, and I, I'm, yeah. I will tell you one of the, my favorite stories I ever heard was from a nurse. Oh no! I, I, excuse me, it was not a nurse. It was a it was a uh, custodian at a hotel down in Rochester, Minnesota, mm-hmm. because a Kuwaiti prince had come over for a physical. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they do that all the time. They go to the Mayo for their physicals. They yep. come to Rochester, Minnesota a lot. But she said. Uh, 
I'm not going to tell you who I am, Tom. I'm not even going to tell you where I am, what the deal is, and here's the reason. She said, this is I, 20 years ago, maybe, something like that. Yeah. She said, last week, a Kuwaiti prince was in town getting his physical, and he left. I went in to clean his room. He left $150,000 in cash on the bed. As on a tip? accident? As a tip? No, as a tip. 150 G's. Oh Are they God. hiring? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I'll go but, clean rooms. No, my girlfriend, she's from Rochester, and we were the first time I went down there to visit her family. She, we were driving along, and she points to this huge house up on this hill, and she's mm-hmm. like, that's where the prince lives when he comes in for his physical. Oh, he bought a house? Yeah, yeah it just has like a mansion. <laughs> I don't know what prince. I can't remember which one it was. But she's like, yeah, just casually, that's where he lives. What a culture shock. Like, not only yeah, are you coming to the U.S., right. but you're going to Rochester. Like... <laughs> It's such a vibe, like, and I love it. I love like the mayo is amazing, mm-hmm. and everyone there is amazing. But yeah, it's, they are. It's it's not Kuwait, is all I'm gonna say. Yeah, and for like the prince to be flying into of all places, Rochester, that's where like the like uh, healthcare capital, like the best healthcare yeah. he can find in the Hell. world, is in yep. Little Rochester, Minnesota. He finds it quaint. Yeah. He finds it very like, oh, little Rochester. Like, there's no spot to park my yacht, but <laughs> he puts up with it for the health. Yeah. yeah. Or like even LeBron James, when his son had the cardiac arrest, went down to Rochester right. for treatment and stuff yeah, like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'm very proud of that. Isn't that weird? Like, I feel very proud. Like, there's a very like, ah, oh, they come to us. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. But if you live in Rochester, the Mayo Clinic is highly controversial. Oh, I in bet. That area. Like, oh, there's really? there's some people that are like, I wish the Mayo Clinic would pack up and leave and never come. Really? Back. Yeah. Why? I don't have all the details, but yeah, there's like. <laughs> It's, I'm sure our listeners would know as well, but yeah, there's people like, because they essentially run the town and it's, I don't know, it's all money driven. All medical money. I believe it. You know, anytime there's like some big thing, there's always controversy, especially Mm -hmm. like, and Rochester's not that small. I guess it's not that small because of Mayo, but like it's small town vibe. Yes. And so I bet you there's controversy around what gets put up, who gets to put yeah, it up, like and all that stuff. Yeah, like what type of businesses can go up and how late they can stay open and things like that. So Okay, I need help because I don't remember. This is from many, many years ago. You guys are probably too young because I don't even know if they're still in business. But there was a very famous liquor store in Rochester, and it had kind of a weird name. You guys have any idea what I'm talking about? Maybe yeah. a listener does. It was, it was owned by a black man in Rochester and had a very interesting name. Hmm. But I can't remember what the hell it is. I used to know this. I don't know why. Well, I haven't thought about it in probably 30, 40 years. So maybe that's what it's all about. But if anybody can remember, 952-600-2575. Or how do they reach out again? Or go, go the on the app, the top left corner. You'll see feedback for the show. And... Uh, then you can it'll come right to me and Tevin and all the people. So, and AJ and Andy and, yeah. The, the liquor store had a great name, but I cannot remember what the hell it was. I haven't thought about this, as I said, in many, many, many years. So that's the problem. But we have to take a break because we have a very special guest coming up right after this. It's Tom Bernard here for Flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin. I'm happy to say I purchased an EV Mustang from Flagship and have friends and coworkers who bought new vehicles and used ones from this family-run dealership that's just 20 minutes east of the Metro in Baldwin. 
Whether you want to compare their used car specials, claim Ford financing options, or simply book an oil change or tire rotation, they have you covered at Flagship Ford. New vehicles like the Ford Escape, the Edge, or F-150 pickups with special engine options, Flagship Ford can answer all your questions on your next vehicle. The month of October is Tire Month at Flagship Ford. Fit your tires for your specific vehicle, any model car, truck, or SUV, and get your tires before the snow flies. Just $5 over cost. What do you think of that action? There's a purchase of four new tires. That's a $70 rebate gift card on top of the $5 over cost on most brands of tires. Flagship Ford, east of the metro in Baldwin, Wisconsin, online at FlagshipFord.com. That's FlagshipFord.com. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E-Law.com. Tom here, and I just read a success story from MN Fat Loss client Elizabeth, who just completed the program. Elizabeth writes, I'm a 54-year-old woman who has struggled with losing weight. I had almost constant heartburn, trouble sleeping, brain fog. I tried counting calories, eating bars and shakes, and several other programs in which I would lose 5 to 10 pounds after months of struggling. After 60 days of the MN Fat Loss program, I was down 25 pounds. MN Fat Loss had really empowered me to believe that I can control my eating and my weight without having to sacrifice foods that I like. If you're thinking about finally committing to improving your health, this is the time to start. You won't regret your investment in yourself. It's so easy to see if MN Fat Loss is a good fit for you. They offer a free phone consultation to learn about the program. They also have virtual options to help you if you live far away, which I think is a brilliant idea. To schedule that free phone consultation, go to mnfatloss.com. The only thing you have to lose is that unwanted weight. That's www.mnfatloss.com. I cannot wait to hear about your success story, and please let them know that Tom sent you.